Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for all the continued love and support. We greatly appreciate it here at CapsRx Podcast. I'm so excited to start the new year off right. Anybody that knows me knows how much I love talking about finances and how I'm pursuing financial freedom. So I couldn't think of a better way to bring in the new year than to start off with a Finance Friday episode with my buddy, Mr. Alexander Walker. So definitely tune in. We're talking about crypto, digital assets, the importance of owning that. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach reach out to Alex. Um, His contact information is in the bio. So definitely, definitely uh, check out his contact information if you have any questions. If you want to get in touch with me, you know where to find me. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at new underscore capsule rx podcast and feel free to sign up for any services all right tinyurl.com slash capsule rx services we have the wealth consultation cv reviews letter of intent reviews um residency and fellowship mock interviews job mock interviews different things that we can do to help guide you into a successful career so if any of those things sound interesting to you and also naplex tutoring i can't forget that naplex tutoring so if any of those services sounds interesting to you or you would like to know more feel free to sign up today at tinyurl.com slash podcast. And once again, happy new year. Thank you all for the continued love and support. And now let's get started with today's episode. Back to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lazo. And today we have another Finance Friday episode for y'all. And one I'm super excited about because I know nothing about this topic. And when I mean nothing, I literally mean I don't know anything. There's a lot of things I know about in finance, but the one thing I don't know about is digital assets. So fortunately, the power of connections, Mr. Alexander Walker was willing to come back onto the platform and talk about digital assets because he recently had a talk uh, in Vegas, I believe at the Domainer Expo. Is that right? The 2023 Domainer Expo? Thanks. Perfect. So yeah, he did it. He did a talk there and he was kind of talking about digital assets and I saw what he shared on Instagram. I was like, oh, we got to have him come on. We got to do this again. So, so thankful to have you back on, Alex. Greatly appreciate everything you did last time with our first finance episode that we ever premiered was with you. And so now it's nice to have you back on here. How are you doing, man? What's going on, Joe? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to have you, like I said, and really excited to just dive into digital assets because I know nothing about that. I always hear people talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these different uh, cryptocurrencies and things like that. But before we get into everything, can you kind of just tell us what is a digital asset? Okay. So it, it's pretty simple. And I, I get asked this question all the time. Okay. What is a digital asset? Right. But the pretty simple concept, what you're doing is you're taking something in the, the physical world and, and making it digital. So notice how we have physical property. Well, you actually have the ability to create something called digital property. So a digital asset is something that is in the digital realm rather than the physical. Okay. Pretty much. Now, the real question is, why would somebody want a digital asset versus a physical asset, right? Because people have gone throughout life understanding the concept of property, of physical assets, because, I mean... Up to the 20th, 21st century, we've never really had something in the digital realm. But there are a couple of um, instances where you may want digital property rather than physical property. For instance, let's say I, let's, let's say something is going on in the world, right? Let's say, I mean, we've, we got a couple of wars going on in the world right now. 
Mm-hmm. How do you move your property from one place to the next place, right? If I have to uproot my livelihood, if it comes to that, how do I get from one spot and taking all of that, that asset, those assets, that economic wealth, that economic wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And put it into another location. I mean, it's hard to do, especially with physical property. With physical property, there's like a, there's a fee each side. You know, you have to go to a broker. You have to, you know, figure out the different types of agents. You have to, you know, try to figure out if someone is willing to buy the house for you. And what that, it, that creates a, a whole lot of friction in the system with those types of uh, physical properties, right? But when it comes to digital property, it's instant. It's instant settlement, all right? So let's say I had to, in a hurry, go from one place to the next. Let's say I have to cross, cross the border. I can't move my physical property, right? I can't take my gold. Everybody's, you know, always, you know, talking about gold as a storehold of wealth and as a form of property. Yeah. But if I go to the airport, right? If I go to, you know, BDO, BWI right now, right? No one is going to, <laughs> they're going to give me a, a second look if I try to bring all my gold with me, right? Like that can't cross those borders. But with digital property, like I could just walk through and I'll have it on my phone. No questions asked, right? So there's, there's power in a digital asset. There's power in having something that I can take from one spot to the next without people actually seeing the property, because that's one thing, mm-hmm. right? And axing the property, because that's the other thing. So the, that's, that's what a digital asset is. And those are just uh, very, very few components of why you would want a digital asset versus a physical one. And hearing you say that, it made me think of two things. So mm-hmm. one, it sounds like there's no middleman when it comes to like a digital asset, because you're saying like there's no like fees or anything like that with like a physical, you probably have to find a broker to sell the house to, or you got to transfer this. Let's say you're moving from a different country to a different country. You got to pay fees to convert the money into this money and all that. Like there's middlemen that's kind of in there, but with a digital asset, there's no middlemen. Exactly. And in fact, one of the key things when it comes to digital assets is, especially when it comes to Bitcoin in particular, the fact that there is little to no counterparty risk, right? So that, that's something that you're going you're to hear often in the digital asset space, counterparty risk. Who's your counterparty? You know, is it the bank? You know, is it, is it the, the broker? Because that, that could be a middleman, right? Is yeah. there, you know, are, are these different kinds of components, are, are they causing friction in the system? Is, is it able to be transferred without, you know, having a counterparty? And so what Bitcoin does is, is it's actually one of those first concepts, one of those first forms of digital property where there's, there's no counterparty, right? And there's no need for a middle, middle person, a broker or, or someone to, you know, collect a fee on either side. That's nice. Yeah. So that sounds like you get to keep more. And I like that. <laughs> get to keep a little bit more of, oh, yeah. of that asset rather than having to break it down with different middlemen, different fees, like you said, a bank as a lender or different things like that. And then, so one is there's no middlemen. And then the other thing I kind of grasp from what you're saying is it's, I don't know if it's easily transferable or easily accessible, what the exact word I'm looking for is, but it's it's a lot easier to to manipulate or move a digital one rather than a physical just because of one it could be something that's literally tied into the land it could be a house like you can't just move that infrastructure 
you can't physically move that asset. Whereas something like digital, you can keep on your phone or maybe a hard drive or something like that to where it's really transportable to anywhere you go. Right. It, that becomes very, it becomes, uh, I, would, I would have to say, very important in, in times like these, right? When you need to go from one place to the, to the other. I mean, we're, we're, what we're seeing right now in Gaza, what we're seeing right now in Israel, what we're seeing right now in Ukraine, you're, you're starting to have these, these notions challenged of what is a property or what can I take with me? And when it comes to, to times like these, you, you want to make sure that you have a certain allocation towards something like a digital property, just in case you, you need to move to a different area. But let, let's, that, that's just one use case of a digital property, right? There, there are many other use cases that, that digital property entails. Like, for example, I think instant settlement is one thing that we, we, we take for granted, right? The fact that I can transfer from A to B with, without settlement. And I'm going to go on a little tangent. Just bear with me. So the way that I got into this is that I was doing some research and I got in contact with this person by the name of Ron Klein. And she's the, the creator of the credit card strip, right? So he created the, the MLS, so multiple listing service, the And that's, that's bond the real estate thing? Like the MLS is the real estate thing? Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. Yep. So that's the same, same dude that the bond quotation system and the credit card strip. So this is like the guy that created FinTech before, you know, FinTech was a thing, right? Yeah. And I, I'm asking all these questions and he's, and I'm asking him like, okay, what's the future? And he's like, a hundred percent, like no questions asked. It's blockchain technology. Now, why did, why this is coming from the dude that created the credit card strip. So he, he knows something that I don't know, right? This, and one of the things we were talking about is the fact of instant, instant settlement, right? If I go to a bank right now, it's not instant. It, 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 I have to withdraw something and then there is a, there's a, either a debit or a, a credit on the other side. It's not instant. If I go to Robinhood right now, you know, if I go to Robinhood, Capital One or any, any clearinghouse, any, I don't want to say clearinghouse. Let me rephrase that. Any brokerage form, right? Okay. The settlement, the settlement on that is T plus two. So what does that mean? In layman's terms, it means if I sell something, right? If I sell an asset, if I sell my Apple, Tesla, or whatever stock I has, it takes two days for that to settle. But what if I need that money right now? Right? It takes two days to settle and then two and then two days or maybe three days or whatever the brokerage is says that to be able to actually take out and withdraw from that account. So what that is is causing friction in the system. But with the power of instance of um, it, I and it, it is liquid. That's the other key thing. Because it is liquid and it has instant settlement properties, I can just take, withdraw, or put in as much as I want, no questions asked, into this system, into this digital asset, something like Bitcoin. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's that's exciting because I'm I'm thinking about myself. Whenever I got to transfer it to something, it takes like three days. <laughs> exactly. Or or and, I and, pay a fee to make it immediate. I'm like, why do I have to pay to get my money now when it's my money? That's, that's that's another thing, and the the fact that sometimes in in certain cases, and this is where it gets down to like what are the other use cases of Bitcoin? Yeah, or is it just you know magic internet money, right? Yeah. Well, you have family somewhere. Let's say like I have family in Nigeria. Who I know have family in Venezuela, Lebanon, these different countries, right? Mm. So. What they have to go through is they have to go through something like a, yeah, 
a bank, Western, Western Union. That's the name of the bank. But you have to go to something like Western Union or a, another, um, another bank that allows for instant settlement or not even instant settlement. You have to go through another bank or an, another um, corporation in order to transfer money from, let's say, the U.S. to somewhere like Nigeria, right? Or the U.S. to somewhere like Mexico. That causes a lot of friction in the system as well. So it may take a couple of days before somebody is able to get that money. Not only that, but they're taking a portion of that as well. So people like using things like Tether, USDC, and Bitcoin for instant settlement across borders, because that's the other key thing of the network. You want to make sure that if I have money, I need to send it to you. And you're somewhere in, in the, like uh, South America, Asia, wherever, right? Yeah. Instantly convert that into your own money to be able to pay to pay and purchase things as well. Okay. So that, and that is that. So with Bitcoin, right? That's probably like the the one that we all hear about the most when it comes to a digital asset. And I'm sure there's different kinds and whatnot. But what makes yeah. Bitcoin so prominent or like so well renowned right now throughout society? <laughs> well, it's the one that works, you know. Because we've been we've been trying to come up with something like this since maybe nineteen hundreds, even even before that, right? For wow. centuries, for years, we've been trying to come up with something like a, like a perfect money, if you will, or right. a perfect property. Well, mm -hmm. and we, we've just never we've never really had it. We tried it with gold. Gold was our 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 closest thing to it, or gold property, just assets in general, are the closest things to it, but. Bitcoin became the first one that actually worked, that caught on. And because we had Zcash, we had, you know, all these different types of ones in the early 90s that, that were trying to come up with the same different types of concepts where it was like, it was internet money without the need of a counterparty. The, that, all of those things were developing um, back in, th in, in those days. And I would have to say with Bitcoin in particular, that was the one that actually caught on, that worked that actually went through its phases that was, you know, people try to kill it a hundred times, right? We, we thought Bitcoin was, you know, dead back in like 2013, 15, right? 2017. In fact, even as close as this year, like uh, <laughs> there's still some people saying that, oh yeah, it's still, it's still dying off. But as it's gone through these different types of battles, as it's gone through security battles, you know, it, it, it hasn't been hacked since it started, since it was you know, started back in 2008, has been hacked. The, go the governments have tried to ban it before. You know, we saw China, you know, going off with the, the mining rigs and things of that nature. There, there are certain countries that will try to ban it. But what they see is that there's still an ecosystem of people still using the currency. And so it's like a Coca-Cola or an Apple, if you will, where once something starts to work and it has enough inertia in the system, then people start to gravitate towards that system and because they know it's worked. You know, I invest in now because I know Apple has gone up in the past and I know it has this, this, um, for, for some reason, I, I know that it has just the willpower, the strength, the, the capital, the, the manpower, right? Mm -hmm. To be a great in the future. Well, if I know that people are building on this ecosystem, if I know that, you know, capital is coming in and it's flowing into the ecosystem on the personal level, right? On the corporate level, and then on the government level, because now we're seeing people like El Salvador, 
right? Argentina starts to develop regulations for digital property, for Bitcoin. Once I start to see all these, these patterns, if you will, lining up, then I know that it's a, one, it's a safer place to invest in because it's, it has all these, these people that are protecting the network, it has the regulators, it has the, ca- the capitalists, it has like the, when I tell you there's a reason why BlackRock and there's a reason why Fidelity and there's a reason why JP Morgan are looking at the sector is because they're looking at it because there's something there. They don't know what it is yet. Some people do. But they know that there are certain factors that make this system better than the last. There's something valuable within it, whether they yeah. publicly identified it or not, but there's something valuable within it. So that's why a lot of these big corporations are investing in it. And so if they're doing it, that most likely means that we should be doing it as well, right? Oh, no, I was going to say the, the crazy thing is, and we, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but. You, you're starting to see the narrative change throughout the years because, you know, as we were saying, Bitcoin was supposed to die back in 2014, 15, 16, whatever, right? Yeah. But you're starting to see the, narr- the narrative change and people are still kind of hesitant towards it. For example, J.P. Morgan right now, the head, Jamie Dimon, had said something recently saying that, okay, that he would ban all crypto. But at the same time, there is an institution called Onyx that's under JP Morgan looking at what? Digital, a- digital assets, it, digital it, currency. It, okay. And, and so they will, they will cause fear. They, they call it flooding in the commuting, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. They, they will flood something, right? But then on the other hand, that's, that's when they have the opportunity, opportunity to get all, all this stuff right now. They're in, trust me, they're in in these rooms right now, discussing the regulations that, that need to be put upon and imposed upon this space right now. They're like, they're in DC having these different types of the talks simply because they're trying to clear the road. That's why they, they knocked out the, the big brokerages. They knocked out the finances, the FTXs, all these big brokerages, because now that it's coming up age, right? Like the whole, these past 10, 15 years have been kind of like, the crypto wild days, the, the wild west, right? But now, seriously, but that's how an industry starts, but it never ends that way, right? There's always that, those, those forms of regulation, there's always that new capital that, that propels the space. And so that's what's currently happening in the space now. So they're looking into this, but they're hiding it. Now, why are they hiding it? Because they know there's something there. So why should we own Bitcoin? Why should the everyday average person, or I don't even want to say Bitcoin, like a digital asset. I don't want to make it sound okay. like we're, we're promoting uh, Bitcoin, telling you to buy that. But like, why should someone own a digital asset? Okay. Well, I would say that there, there are benefits of having, and there's different forms of digital assets, right? There's, there's, there's Bitcoin, there's domain names, there's intellectual property. There's like, there's, there's forms of different forms of digital assets. But I think that in particular, Bitcoin has really proven itself, or is establishing itself as a digital asset. And I put a disclaimer out there, that, uh, no financial advice, do your own research, things of that nature. Yeah. But I will say, go back and take a look at the, the, the IRS tax code. You want to know what, 
what the wealthy people do, they understand the tax code. Mm-hmm. They do. That's the reason why insurance is big. That's the reason why businesses are big. There's a reason why Bitcoin is big. And the reason why is because back when the IRS decided what Bitcoin is, guess what they decided it was? Do I have multiple choice? (laughs) Okay. We'll say property, security, corporation. Mm, I want to say security. I'm wrong? Corporation? No, really? Bitcoin is Bitcoin is the only one that the IRS has dubbed for right now as digital property. And so there there's a there's a there is a key distinction between, you know, property, securities, corporations, but property is the most important word in that sentence. Because with property, that means that it's something that you can own. Right? They designate it as property, something that you can own. But with property comes its little benefits. With property, since I own it, if I sell it, it's considered a taxable asset. Yeah. Right? So what does that incentivize people to do? If I, if I, have to, if I sell it, it's a taxable event. So in that case, why am I selling it? Right? I want yeah. to be able to hold on to this asset as long as I can. Mm-hmm. That's, what the, that's what rich people do, right? They hold a property. They hold beachfront property, art, all these different things. They just hold it for a very long time. And so the beautiful thing about property is that as it increases in value, you have the ability to take out loans and use that property as collateral, similar to what we were talking about with insurance, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I see. So that, that, that is the, see, man, I'm they don't, they don't give out gems. They don't give out gems. But I'm, no, I'm, they don't give out gems no more. They don't give out gems like this. But you know, you know, that, so that's the key right there. And once more people understand the fact that, hey, you want to be able to hold a, of, you know, digital property. So as it increases over time, you have the ability to take out loans on the property. You can use that as collateral, right? And, and so what, you, what we found is a form of digital property that not only I can build out, right? Because it, it's, it's, a, it's a digital property. That's the other thing. So I can build a software or something to make the property better and enhance it. But you can do it as well. You, get, you know, you know, coding or any type of um, just development skills, you can enhance that property as well. So let's say it's your house, right? Yeah. I can't go over to your house. Like, yo, I want to build a fence for you. Like, that, that's not going to fly with you, right? This is, mm-hmm. I want to build a pink. You know, and, you know, poke dots and whatever, right? Yeah. That's, that's not going to fly. But I can do that on my own property and enhances that property. And then, but with Bitcoin, if I enhance the property, you're getting the benefit. You're receiving that benefit as well. So we have developers, you know, China, in Africa, in Asia, in Russia, developing and building on top of this property, making it more valuable. As more, so- as more software and things get created upon this space, right, that enhances the value of the property. And so what we, we found for the first time in human history is a, is a way for 8 billion people, because that's the key. That's the real thing. How do you give 8 billion people property rights? What were people denied from? What were people in the 60s, 70s denied from at one point? 
they were denied from the right to own property. Even and uh, even uh, here's a here's a new one because let's see what what is today? It's it's the 18th, December 18th. December 18th, right? Mm-hmm. So recently in the news, we found out that I believe it was Navy Federal wasn't able were actually discriminatory using discriminatory practices towards African Americans for giving them home loans, right? And this is this is back 2021. So this stuff still happened. So what you're giving eight billion people the ability to do is to be able to own property, no matter what race, religion, free giving them the eight billion people the ability to own property for the first time. And I think that is the most beautiful thing and the most ethical thing, because for the longest time, people haven't owned anything. You know, how can I understand what digital property is if I've never had physical property? Like, like this, this is the, this is the real thing. So it's a pure, this is something that people are starting to, to wrap their heads around. You know, you're starting to see into this because now for the first time you've had all these different types of things happening in one thing, but it's all, it's all digital. And so I think that that, that's what makes Bitcoin just moral, not just moral. Yeah. But something that we should all just be able to look at and to be able to understand a little bit more, because wait until not the countries would get in the the wait until the countries get in, the companies get in, the technologists have gotten in already. But then also energy, because once once energy once you start to realize that this is going to affect the energy sector as well. It's, it's just another mind blow. So I would say those, those are my, <laughs> I would have to say, yeah, those, those are my reasons why you should look into the space and to look into digital property. Yeah. And it's, there's so much to it, right? Like we can go on for hours probably talking about yeah. this because there, there's so much. So we'll yeah. definitely have to have you back on um, to kind of maybe dive deeper into maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum, different, different digital assets, right? But one thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go is you always hear you need to invest. You always hear you need to diversify. Now, it sounds like you're you're recommending to people to start investing and searching into digital assets. Not saying to buy Bitcoin because we're not telling you to do that or anything like that. But this needs to be something that people need to start taking time to look into is just digital assets in general. Is that correct? Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I would say simply because, you know, there's a quote in the, um, Silicon Valley world or just tech world, that software is eating the world. That's been as for ever since the internet came out or even before that, all right, because you had computers, you had, you know, Apple, you had Microsoft. These were not even billion dollar companies anymore. We're looking at trillion dollar companies. And it's simply because they realized the concepts that we're speaking about now. They realized that software, if they realized the fact that if you own software, you can, and you you had the ability to digitalize something, right? Mm -hmm. Then that you can basically decrease your 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 costs down to basically zero, marginally zero, but then your yield explodes. For example, like we we take a look at books all the time, but who yeah. reads a book? In, right? You know, well, it's how I much do, but... <laughs> I, 
I'm okay. just messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> it's all ebooks. It's all audiobooks, basically. Ebooks, audio. And so all that work, all that effort, all that energy, right, has been like now compressed. Yeah, it's been condensed. And then sent to millions. Why do you think that, you know, education, a, a lot of education likes to kind of present itself as scarce, mm-hmm. right? But we a lot of information flow these days simply because we have the ability to digitalize, right? And so we we know what digital files are. We know what digital music is, right? We we know what a digital, you know, digital ebook would be. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, people have still kind of, I would have to say, missed it when it comes to digital property. Because it's really the same concepts, right? Except for with digital property, it's it's an it's really an asset. Yep. With physical property, I can only put maybe a hundred, a thousand, two thousand people in a house, right? But I have the ability to send millions to one form of digital property. Yeah. And so I think as as this evolves, as time evolves, we're gonna see a lot more things become digitalized, including, like you said, property. So those yeah. are just my two comments. We'll definitely look into it. Hey, I greatly appreciate that. And before I let you go, I just want to say one thing. You kind of just had the light bulb go off on my head with what you just said, because it's like we've seen technology impact everything, every single aspect of our lives. When it comes to transportation, when it comes, you know, before it was gas cars, now we're going more into an electric wave with Tesla and other electronic vehicles, right? You're seeing it in healthcare. Um, I want to go specific to that, where it's like certain facilities, they have these large robots now that do all the dispensing to where you don't have a human, you don't have a technician doing that work. You're seeing a lot of uh, dictation now. Instead of you having to type things out, you can just speak into something and it goes goes ahead and charts everything that you're trying to discuss when it comes to the patient. A lot of doctors do that, right? So technology has come into our space, has come into healthcare, has come into uh, transportation has come into every single sector. Why would it not come into currency? Hmm. That's what just went off in my head when I hear when I heard you talk. It's like it's only a matter of time for technology to come into currency, and it makes sense that this would be the new wave because everything else across the board has changed. Why would currency be any different? We we have to really think about it now. I I have little different takes on it. I like to consider. Uh, Bitcoin, they say cryptocurrency, but really you want to say like crypto asset or crypto property because mm-hmm. currency implies that, you know, you can send it here and there without, you know, getting taxed on it. Right. Yeah. And you, you kind of, and people have kind of skepticism, skepticism when it comes to currency, you know, people mm-hmm. feel raised or it, it sets something off when people think of currency, but you're right in the sense that it's, it's a form of economic energy that's, that's yeah. passed around. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot more when it comes to, they call it stable coins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have the ability to send something that has the value of a U.S. dollar over borders. Mm-hmm. But then also have things like uh, Bitcoin would consider property. Because here's the thing about property and rich people realize is you never want to sell your property. You never want to, you don't want it to, ex- you don't want to exchange yeah. it for coffee. A lot of people in the community, you know, they say it's like, oh, I can't you know, purchase, buy Bitcoin or not buy Bitcoin, but I can't buy something with Bitcoin automatically. I, I can't buy 
you know, coffee with, with Bitcoin. It's like, okay, well, do you take up a little piece of your house and you're like, okay, I'm going to take yeah. this to start up to sell it. Like, no, yeah. you don't, you don't do it's because it's, it's property, property and rich people, they don't want to sell their property. So the better thing to do <laughs> is just uh, make sure that you have enough property or make sure that you have enough accumulated, you know, make sure that your loan to value is not going to, you know, have you implode if you do something with leverage. Don't take on a lot of leverage. But the, the smartest thing to do would have a, a, a savings in Bitcoin, right? And then just be able to have a line of credit that you can use against the Bitcoin as Bitcoin increases in value over time. Like that's, that would be the smart thing. To, but no, you know, some people want to do it differently. <laughs> some people, oh, you know, pay for a cup of coffee with Bitcoin. I understand that. But what I'm saying is you want to understand currency versus property. Currency is a form of economic current, right? Mm -hmm. And property is a store. Now, a last thing and I'll let you go. All right. Which is educate us. Educate us. Okay. So this is, this is, people have been thinking about this for a long time. And in fact, if, for those who really want to do their homework, take a look at what Ford said he was going to do when it came to currency and energy. And so he said that at one point, it's like 1915, somewhere around that time, yeah. that he was going to take him and then be able to create his own currency. He was going to use the energy from the dam to be able to create his own currency. Now, the other part of the, this is the part I leave out, he said that it would create another currency and stop all wars. And I think that his, his notion was, it, it's kind of, it's kind of on point. It's not quite there yet. Right. Yeah. He, but he had the right idea of using something of using something of, of value like energy and then be raise something like, like a currency and then be able to, to send that across borders. I, he had the right idea. It just took a hundred years for it to actually play out. And so, like I said, I would just encourage people to look, take a look into that story because it, it really lays the groundwork for what Bitcoin and the old digital asset space is. And do your research, y'all, because I, I would hate to see one of y'all <laughs> on the news for some strange reason. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm definitely going to do my research. Definitely got to say, I can't think of a better way to bring in the new year than talk about some of the non-common financial topics, right? This isn't one of those things that everybody's talking about. You hear it mentioned, but nobody's diving deep like you did today, Alex. So I greatly appreciate it. No better way to start off 2024 than talking about some digital assets. And I love how you emphasize the property component. So now it's making me think about it as a real estate property if I were to ever invest in Bitcoin, which I will. Now <laughs> that we just talked about it, we're gonna talk off air another day. So now you gotta go, but we'll talk off air another day uh, so I can get a little bit more info from you, buddy. Um, but thank you so much for blessing us with your presence again. Um, greatly appreciate it. So excited to have you. And of course, we'll probably have to bring you back on so we can go more into like the stable coins and, and the different type of coins that are out there so that way people can be educated, man. Thank you so much. No problem, Joe. Appreciate you, man. For everybody interested, yes, please, you know, follow me, decency.east. And then also I do work, just uh, follow my website, www.oeg, that's coeg.org. And yeah. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely follow him. And of course, as always, his content, I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. So if you weren't able to catch it um, while listening to the podcast or watch on YouTube, just go ahead and check the description. It'll be there for you to access. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Peace out, man. Did you learn something valuable from this episode? Then I highly recommend you like, comment, follow, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel at new underscore capsule rx podcast and we're also on instagram and tiktok with the same name at new underscore capsule rx podcast on all platforms